Hey, real quick, if you're a business owner that wants to stand out in the market and expand your customer base, I'd love to send you a copy of my free ebook. Visit our website at danielleclark.uk to get your copy now or follow the link in the show notes. Welcome to Build Better Brands. I'm Danielle Clark and this show is here to provide insights, techniques and strategies to help you establish a better brand with confidence and clarity. We're on a mission to help as many people as possible start and build stronger brands so they can create happier, healthier lives for themselves and those around them. This episode is slightly different as it's an episode of Shishin Young's podcast, Lead with Purpose, where I was the guest. Shishin's mission is to create a community of global change makers and to contribute to positive change in both people and planet. But creativity and branding are very much a big part of her life. I'm really excited about this. I actually love branding because um I just love starting new businesses and look at that. So how do we brand this? So how do we do we speak to all of that? So I'm going to ask you lots of questions about branding, how we do that. So first of all, can you just introduce yourself a little bit? We know you're Danielle, but what, what else do we need to know about you at this point, Danielle? How do you get here? What are you doing here? <laughs> how did I get here? Oh, wow. That's a long story. Um, well, basically, I... Um, I've got a background in graphic design. I've always loved being creative. Okay, so um, as a kid, Shishing, I used to spend most of my time colouring in, uh, playing with Play-Doh. I don't know if any of your 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 listeners um, remember Play-Doh um, and getting told by my mum not to eat it. Um, <laughs> playing with Lego uh, and reading, you know, creativity was a big part of mm-hmm. my life. Um, mm-hmm. And... Um, I think where it all started, actually. So back in the day when I was at school, I used to, um, every now and again, the school was sent a letter home. Um, I wasn't in any trouble or anything like that, not that kind of letter. Um, yeah. But the school was trying to raise money, trying to um, fundraise. And it was a bit of an ongoing joke. Okay, yeah, the school's raising money again, trying to raise money again. But I used to hate having to give these letters to my mum because we didn't have a lot. My mum was a single parent. Um, And as I say, I didn't have a lot, but I always had colours, paints. I always had things that allowed me to be creative. So anyway, I was thinking about this letter and I was like, right, there must be a way that I can try and raise some money without having to ask my mum. So I got my thinking cap on and I decided to start a school magazine now, I got my friends involved, convinced them to help me. I convinced the teachers to let me create this magazine at school, in school time, use school facilities, use a school photocopier. Um, and me and my friends all did various pages, colouring in, puzzles, jokes. We photocopied them, went out into the playground and sold them for 20p each. And that money went towards the school, raising funds for whatever it was at the time. But it was at that point... I think that things really started me using my creativity and my collaboration skills to really bring people together to solve a problem. Love that. I knew there was something there. (laughs) This podcast is called Lead with Purpose. And I love hearing people's stories about actually what led them to this point, because usually there is something that led them 
to what they're doing now. So that's a great story. I love it. I love it. But can we, um, I just want to go like straight into branding because I know we, we don't have a lot of time. So mm-hmm. lots of business owners, they come, they come to us. So I run a digital marketing agency. They come to me and say, oh, let's, let's do this in X, Y, and Z. And then they haven't got their branding sorted. Yeah. So, so they come to me and then they think, or they just say, well, why can't you just do a logo? But it's not just about that, is it? So a brand, can you explain to us what is a brand? It's not just the logo, which a lot of people think it is. What else is there? What do yeah. we think of when we design a good brand? Okay, so a brand is, and I'm going to quote um, a bit of a, a brand guru here, Martin Neumeyer, who talks about mm. brand not being brand is is what people say you are what brand is what's if you're not in the room what are people saying about you what's someone's gut feeling about your brand when they hear your name so if i was to say to you okay um apple what's your gut feeling towards apple what comes to mind immediately yeah. <laughs> There's no right or wrong answer. It's not no, a trick, trick no. question. Yeah. yeah. I was actually thinking of a green apple. That's why I got a bit thrown. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 No worries. But if I was to say, okay, so I was to say Nike then, yeah. what comes to mind? I mean, for me, it's just that visual image. I'm, maybe I'm just very visual. Uh, obviously, it's the visual swoosh. Yeah. Cool. And, and trainers. Yeah. 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 Comfort, style, all of that. There you go. And that's the thing. Like, when people talk about brand, it's someone's gut instinct. It's someone's initial reaction to hearing the company name, seeing a logo. It's often a feeling. Um, there's often associations. You know, you just talked about comfort style. Um, these are these are things that, that Nike have been putting out into the world for years and years and years that we now associate with them. That's what brand is. So it's it's way more than a logo or a tagline or some colours or a strapline or anything like that. It's what's the feeling, what's the um, are people resonating with you and what you do? What do they believe about you? And is that true? And you can control that to an extent, depending on what you say and what you put out into the world, which is why it's it's got to be far beyond the visuals. Mm. So how do you do that? So if I want to create a, let's say, sneaker brand now, just because you mentioned Nike. So okay. if I want to st- create a brand that is going to stand out from and be better than Nike, so what do I do? How do I create this brand or yeah. how do we it's- do it? It's a fantastic question. And it starts with something called strategy. So right. brand strategy, it's all about, okay, so figuring out you why. So why this new sneaker, sneaker company is going to exist. That's what I start by asking you. Why do you want to start it? Um, it has to be something beyond making money. There has to be a reason you're starting this brand, whether it's because there's something in the world that you want to change. Maybe maybe you want your your sneakers, your trainers to be, maybe you care about the environment and you want them to be made out of recycled um, materials, for example. That would be a difference and there would be some meaning behind that. And then you develop a brand strategy around finding um this thing that one of my mentors, Matt Davis, talks about, he talks about onlyness. So what what's the one thing 
that no one else is doing that you can then attribute yourself to? What makes you unique? What makes you different? What are people going to care about? Why should they even buy your sneakers over Nike or Adidas or anyone else that that's out there? So that's where I tell people to start. And often people don't. They start with the visuals, the logo. But there's this big before that called yeah. brand strategy. And, and that's what I'm trying to um show people that that if they do that and get it right then then they're on to onto a winner because it's really difficult isn't it sometimes people just want to start a brand especially if it's a product and it's like oh yeah i'm gonna do sneakers yeah. and then you start asking these, these questions but why are you doing it and quite often they don't really quite know why and then how do you draw it out of people in that instance when they just want what well, i just i just want to you know have some cool sneakers yeah yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, the clients come to me all the time. You know, I've, I've just yeah. finished working, give you an example, I've just finished working with um, a client that felt they didn't need brand strategy. So I was yeah. like, okay, fair enough. Let's let's start. And we started trying to work on her brand identity and we came, we kept hitting blockers. Okay, so why, okay, this is your brand name, but why is it called that? what's mm-hmm. what's the meaning who's it supposed to be attracting in terms of target audience mm-hmm. who's it supposed to be resonating with couldn't answer any of these questions because we hadn't done any brand strategy and a lot of the decisions that she was making were made on assumptions okay i think this is what it should be called and i think this is what people want but until you ask and you do some research you never really know mm-hmm. but that's when the strategy came in so if I was to start a new brand now and what would be your recommendation that I should do before even coming to you to say, create my brand identity? What do I need to have in place before I start doing that? Because I, so that I don't avoid, you know, me wasting lots of money on marketing and product development, all of that, because it all links back to the initial strategy I'm imagining. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you kind of like, so brand strategy isn't one size fits all, but Mm -hmm. as a general kind of rule, um, some of the first things I'd look at is what's called your, um, sometimes it's called your why, your purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, I often call it as well, your, your brand heart where you identify your purpose, your vision, your mission, your values. They start to define this this, this foundation. Um, but also before that, you have a look at um, your product or service, what your offer is, and if it's actually viable in the market. Hmm. So you have a look at the market, you have a look whether there's whether there's any competition. If there's no competition, worry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because if no one else is doing it maybe no one else is doing it because it doesn't make any money if there's good good if there's competition it's always a good sign right um so I, I i tell people to start with with that and that this is what i do you know i do brand strategy workshops where we uncover all that because it's very hard to do on your own yeah um and it's all about looking at okay so why do we exist um what does the future look like what's the change that we're trying to to make in the world um, and what are we really here to do and how do we then create that future? Yeah. 
and getting really clear on that in terms of um, like your your vision and mission. Um, and obviously values. So, you know, the way that you want to conduct yourself, the things that, that you want to put out into the world and the things that you don't want to be associated with as well, I think is really important. A lot of people focus on what they want to do and the mm-hmm. things that they want to be associated with, but also looking at the things that you don't want to do, you know, um, some people uh, feel very strongly about, you know, um, integrity and being honest. And, you know, Mm. we never, you, you might never, ever, ever want to lie to your customers. You're always going to be really transparent, even when things go wrong, maybe. Um, Thinking about things like that as well, really important. And, and then it's about, okay, so once you've got your offer, um, products or service, so who's it for? Because a lot of people don't know that. And and really looking at not just the individual, but the, I suppose you could call them tribes, communities mm-hmm. that you want to attract. Mm-hmm. I've been looking at how you do that. Um, but yeah, that's just, that's just for start. You know, I, I could go on, but I'm conscious of time. But yeah. I think that's, that's where people should start. And um, I think when you do that, you'll start to realise how, how important and how useful thinking about your brand like that is rather than just focusing on the visuals first. And it's quite interesting as sort of listening to you, it's very much like you almost have to ask yourself what your own values are as well. You talk about honesty and things like that. So when we're creating that brand, how important do you think it is as a business? How, how important is our own values to what we're doing um for instance like honesty um things that we believe in do, should do you think it should be the same as our own values our business brands or i think your view on that because it's just the way that you described it it's almost mm. like going inside of me to think oh my god what do i believe in what do i think is important yeah. rather than what does my business think i think it i based on my experience of working with clients it should be because the brand, if you're the founder and it's your brand in your business, it's an extension of you. Mm. Um, as, as the company grows, yes, it becomes, you know, it becomes, um, it's not just you that's responsible for it, but, but the core essence shouldn't ever really change. You know, mm. if you look at some of the biggest brands in the world, the core essence and their why, you know, Simon Sinek talks about this all the time doesn't change okay they'll adapt based on new technological advances or what's happening in the market or what's happening in the world and they'll pivot but the core the core reason the why the the thing at the center of that business never really changes you know apple Mm -hmm. always said that they were there to create um make technology accessible so that people could be creative and ultimately think differently Mm -hmm. that hasn't really changed Mm -hmm. you know apple went from being they were never a mobile phone company. They actually started off as, as um, they produced the first digital camera and then they moved into computers and then they moved into mobile phones. You know, could you imagine Dell creating a mobile phone now and selling it? Mm-hmm. That was basically what Apple did. Yeah. But the core of their business hasn't really changed. They've introduced new products and things. But 
everything they believe in and everything that they're trying to change in the world, which is this idea of, of technology being accessible and people be, being able to do amazing things with technology wherever they are in the world, hasn't mm. changed. So when you've got a strong brand, then you could essentially introduce new products to fit around it, but only if you've got a strong brand. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a hack. You know, if you look, for example, you know, same with, same with Nike, you know, yeah. I, I refer to these brands because everyone knows them and it's e- easy to talk about. But mm-hmm. Nike started off making sneakers. Nike do not just do that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, they're sponsoring athletes. They're doing clothing. I remember they bought out a Walkman. They've got, there's so much equipment and, yeah. and other products that Nike have brought out that because they've done one thing so, so, so well time and time again, they've now positioned themselves that what whatever they then touch that's relatively connected to what they want to do, which is basically turning, making the average person believe that 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 anyone that wears their their apparel is an athlete, right? Just mm. do it. It doesn't matter who you are, what age you are, sex, whatever. You put on Nike, you're an athlete. You can do it. So they can they can you know if they decided that they wanted to bring out a new product tomorrow they could do it and people would buy it because the brand mm-hmm. is so strong absolutely and that is the one of the key benefits of building a strong brand is that when when you do it right you can do that but you have to get it right um I remember when Colgate tried to bring out a different product line so in your mind what um what's Colgate known for toothpaste there we go that's so, all i know what else did they try to bring out wow this is a thing um and maybe i should uh, do a case study about this but <laughs> colgate actually tried to branch out into food and they brought out i know what were they thinking microwave meals oh <laughs> and it was an absolute flop because it was too far removed from what they're known for Colgate are known for hygiene and and basically wanting to keep people's aura health, you know, good. So they're moving into food. Everyone was like, "What? Do I really want a, a beef and onion microwave meal that's got a Colgate logo on it? Is it going to taste minty?" No one wanted it, and that's the thing. You do have to be careful. You can't you can't move too far away from what you're known for. Yeah. Um, but if so you they do it well, stayed within oral hygiene, perhaps, and that could have worked. Yeah, yeah. Or even if they'd have moved into, you know, so obviously Colgate do toothpaste, they do toothbrushes, they do mouthwash. None of, none of those things feel obscure. Mm. If they then maybe decided that they were going to do, um, a, I don't know, another, another kind of health product, um, whether it was dental floss or... Um, teeth whitener or maybe even potentially like skincare mm. you know maybe maybe mm. if it was lip care like mm. a lip yeah. balm or something something that yeah. wasn't a million miles away people mm. but microwave meals no it's just not going to work <laughs> but even big companies get it wrong sometimes now I'm yeah. going to move on to talk about you for a little bit and your branding okay. and your why so you work with um, health and wellness uh, professionals. Mm-hmm. Why do you choose to work with health and wellness professionals specifically? And is that, where, is that the space where you've been always? Or 
did you move into that space for a certain reason? It's not the space I've always been in, but I realise it's a space I want to be in because I really care about it. Um, I before I became the reason I became self-employed is because I wanted and and I wanted to become my own boss because I wanted to take control. Mm-hmm. Um, I got made redundant the day before. No, the day after me and my partner got the keys to our new house. Ouch. Yeah. And I remember that feeling and it was horrendous because we had all these exciting plans and all these things that we wanted to do to the house, which which we are still in, still in four years. Actually, this month we've been in his house, but it was it wasn't it was a really difficult time. Mm. <clears throat> and um, I was quite low and the thing that kept me going was going to the gym. So I started going to the gym very, very regularly. Um, I also play hockey, which I love. Um, and then I became self-employed. I was like, you know what? I've, I can do this. I can get my own clients. I'm good at what I do. I'm going to become self-employed. And I did. But in doing that, I realized just how important it is to take care of yourself, be that your mental well-being, your physical and emotional. Because if any of those things are out of tune, <clears throat> excuse me, if any of those things aren't in line, it has an impact on your business, okay? Health, health is well. Um, whether it's lack of sleep, being tired, being stressed, burnt out, all of those things have a, have a negative effect on you, which which will have a negative effect on your business. The two go hand in hand. So it's something I really care about, and that that's why now I'm trying to work with more health and wellness professionals to help them position themselves better so they can really grow their customer base. And um, I've got a story actually of, of someone that I, I helped do that for. Um, he's actually my body and conditioning coach and uh, he got me out of pain. He fixed my knee some, some years ago, actually probably a couple of years ago um, from a, it was a, an old hockey injury. Mm. Anyway, um, he was struggling with his brand and, he wasn't wasn't attracting the right the right clients at all but having experienced his work I went from being in significant pain to being pain free in about six weeks which when he told me he could do it I was like are you kidding (laughs) (laughs) who is this guy um but he did and I was like I was like how are you not absolutely raking it in everybody needs to know that this is what you do but he wasn't communicating it so we worked together, we worked on his brand strategy, we figured out his why, um, the the transformation that he he gives to people. Um, we rebranded, we called him something different. He was called like, I can't even remember properly, it was so unmemorable. I think it was like J, JD, JDB Strength and it was really long-winded and no one right. really knew. Now he's called the body fix coach okay. and he gets people out of pain. And after the six months of us doing the strategy and doing the rebrand, he went from making 300 pounds a month to now I think he's near to turning over three K a month. Wow. Yeah. In how long? So it took him from the, from the rebrand to now it's been about 12 months. 
Amazing. And yeah. I guess it's just going to snowball and scale from there on. It already is. He's, a, yeah. he's, he's, getting, he's getting new premises. He's taking on staff. The brand has just gone from strength to strength because he's attracting the right customers. And he's really clear on what, what he needs to tell people, which is that he's a body fix coach and he gets people out of pain. Um, mm. And for me, being able to see see the transformation in him and the way he's able to help people that want to get back to running marathons, you know, doing bike rides or even just being able to play with their kids and not be mm. in pain. Mm. Like it's huge. So for me, that's, that's, you know, my reward as well is, is seeing the impact that our work together is having. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's a real great success story for both of you. So does that mean that you also get a discount when you go to <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> He's no, James is awesome. He's a good guy. He looks after me. Um, he looks after so many people and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's super rewarding. And I just, I want to work with more people like that. Um, because yeah. again, I know how important taking care of yourself and doing the stuff you enjoy and moving your body is. Yeah. I mean, I kind of do the same because I only work with environmental uh, products and services mainly because that's what I believe in. And whenever I achieve results for these companies, it, it just, it's, like doubly as rewarding as you were just achieving results for any company because it's something that I really believe in myself and I guess it's the same for you when you're working with this health and fitness people does that mean that so I'm going to ask you something unrelated somewhat to branding (laughs) it has to do with how you organize your day and health and fitness because something I've been struggling with recently how to organize my day and I've been skipping over my health and fitness routines because I just don't have time. Clients are coming in and the clients call and there's new projects, branding to do, logos to design, <laughs> all of this. How do you structure your day um, to make sure that you stay on top of your health and fitness game? Um, so first of all, it doesn't always happen. I mm. think we we have to be, I'm a real advocate for being honest and that, um as much as I try to look after myself, sometimes it doesn't happen. Life gets in the way, mm-hmm. illness gets in the way. Um, but I think it starts off with being aware. So if you're aware of the things that you need to do and you're aware of when you're letting them slip, mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Cause a lot of people aren't aware that they aren't taking care of themselves. Um, for me, it's about trying to prioritize me in the morning first of all I don't have this get up at 5am morning routine um for me it's it's simple stuff I've got my gratitude journal bedside mm-hmm. table that gets written in in the morning it might be before I shower it might be after but it gets written in before I go downstairs that's how I like to start my day mm-hmm. um I did um I did start doing cold water therapy um my partner bought a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> I just and filled it with cold water. <laughs> yeah, it's in the garden. Um, but it needs, he's actually, as as we speak, he's got a wet vac and he's cleaning it out. Um, but I've been doing, after my hot shower, I have a cold shower. Um, I try and meditate at least three times a week uh, mm. for, for at least 10 minutes. Again, morning or evening, depending on what's going on. Mm. Um 
really simple things staying hydrated most of the time people are dehydrated and that just affects everything so I've got a nutritionist and she's always saying if nothing else drink two liters of water so um, I get the mix taken out of me because I've got this massive two liter bottle that I have with me quite a lot and I'll do my best to finish that and it's it's basic things like that really so gratitude um bit of cold water therapy a bit of meditation and hydration and also sleep mm. Um, mm. if I can if I can balance those five things every day make sure I'm doing them as a minimum yeah usually okay and then the rest just kind of fall into place with eating well and getting outside and all the rest of it yeah, that sounds doable. And I think sometimes we put so much pressure on us. Like you say, I think it's important to be honest. Mm. Sometimes we we hear these things. We have to get up at five o'clock. We have to do this yoga session and then we have to do the CrossFit and then we have to run 15 miles. <laughs> and that's before we pick up the kids. But, you know, like, yeah. so we hear all these stories and you think, wow, do I need to do that? So now you've given me permission to sleep more, to drink more water. Yeah. <laughs> Chill more Abs- in the mornings. Absolutely. <laughs> and, it, and it's I think it's about figuring out what works for you um you know not everybody not everybody has time to go and do a workout every morning and that's okay but could you you know could you if you commute to work could you park your car further away so that you can get some more steps in or could you do an afternoon that's what I used to do I used to go and walk at lunchtime for like half an hour so it's about fitting in these quick wins inside your daily routine and and just Mm. not beating yourself up if you don't do it i love that yeah yeah i love that i'm all for that because i I just keep trying to fit in fitness and everything else that needs to just doesn't happen so actually fitting in what we can and just focus on the simple things like a gratitude journal five minutes cold shower well i won't do that i don't like cold (laughs) i could definitely sleep more and drink more water that'll be a good win Thank you for listening to Build Better Brands. I am so grateful to have you tuning into the show and I'd love to thank you personally. So wherever you are in the world, remember to tag at Danielle Clark Creative in your social media posts and stories. Let us know when you're listening. We want to know what you've enjoyed about the show and give you a shout out. And if you would like to help more people like you discover the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. It's going to help us rank higher and reach more listeners. It's also a great way for us to help you with the problems your brand might be facing. Suggest a topic in your review and we might feature it and you in one of our episodes. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.